Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to USA Global TV and Radio. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I'm the president founder and chief listening officer here at our network. Our show today is The Corner Bookstore and a woman who knows all about books from all around the world and who creates award-winning content is with us. She's my friend and the co-host of the show. Let's welcome Diane Floyd-Bame. Hi, Diane. Hi, Dr. Jacqueline. Great to see you. Nice to see you as well. And I'm always amazed at how much you are able to put out to the universe. It's and always at the highest level. I know you just were celebrating a new book and we're going to be talking about that today as well. So how are you doing? Very well. I have a scratchy throat, so I apologize to all the listeners, but I am happy to be here. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Diane, I'd like to start off with playing a couple of your sponsorships because this is really a great way for people to get to know who you are and some of the things that you've accomplished. How do you feel about it? Oh, that'd be great. Thank you. I'm so proud of them and everything else, and you did. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Let's take a look. Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to Story Garden. Your host, Diane Bame. I'm so happy to have you here today. Diane Floyd Bame tells wonderful stories that warm the heart, spark the imagination, and unite people and families across generations. For children, Diane's Harry the Camel connects with all of us who've ever wondered how different our lives might have been if only we'd been born something better, like a wonderful horse instead of an ordinary camel. In the end, we all learn along with Harry that there's nothing better than just being yourself. Diane's little girl in the moon looks down on earthbound children and wonders if they know she's just like them. A story of love, home, and the bond between mother and daughter, its powerful theme that we're each of us different yet all of us the same, plants a seed in children that promises to blossom within a loving and trusting grown-up. Diane's new biography, Rise, recounts the experiences of her grandmother, Ruby, to reveal the hidden strength of the human spirit. Ruby's story inspires all of us to become the best versions of ourselves. You'll find all of Diane's delightful books and much more at dianefloydbame.com. Visit d-i-a-n-n-f-l-o-y-d-b-o-e-h-m.com. That's dianefloydbame.com. I never tired of that. <laughs> I don't either. It's really wonderful. Now, tell us the the book Rise is a different genre than the children's books. So tell us a little bit about that. 
Sure, I'd be happy to. And you're absolutely correct, Dr. Jacqueline. It's a historical fiction for young adults, and it's based on my grandmother's life. And the purpose of the story is to, if you have a dream and you think, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to do it? I don't have the money or resources or whatever. Rise is a story for you to read, because if a woman in 1904 can figure out how on earth to go and receive a degree um, you can go after your dreams too. So I, I found my grandmother very inspiring and I felt in this day and time, people need to be inspired and what better way to do it than a woman who, um, you know, was supposed to get married because that's what you did in 1904, um, that generation. And she was like, nope, I'm going to become educated. And so there she is. And am I lucky to have her for a role model? And Diane, I think it's it's wonderful that you are recognizing her and bringing those stories. You know, the the younger generations have different viewpoints on how things are versus the older generations. And I know my grandmother is probably from the same generation as yours, and they really looked at things in a very different way. And I think it's there's no judgment, but I think it's good mm-hmm. to keep those stories alive and to inspire people that no matter what has happened to you, you can pull yourself together somehow and make your dreams come true. I agree. And family history is so beautiful. And sometimes um, I know as a teacher, I had students who said, I just don't know how I imparted this family, you know, and um, but with the help of their mom and dad and finding out the history of their own family, they discover, oh, they're kind of like their great grandparent. And it gives them this new added sense of energy and identity. And so I think it's really important to know your family history. Where did that nose come from? You know, and your cute little eyes and you don't need plastic surgery. You're just perfect the way you are. (laughs) I know I have a picture of my daddy and um, you know, there's parts of him that looked just like um, General William Floyd, who was one of the first people who signed the Declaration of Independence. And when you look at my dad, you can see, you know, here he is born in the 1900s and here is a gentleman born in the um, 1700s. And there are similarities. And even when I was at the Floyd Museum, and the people were looking at the two, they were just like amazed at, at how much they look alike. So I want people to embrace their family history, find out um, where they got their different, you know, gifts or, of writing, storytelling, painting, because um, there's some hidden gems of family in there. And I think they will inspire them too. I agree with you, Diane. Have you used any of these search companies where they can take you back to your original ancestry? Yes. Um, um, I have always been, way before there was the software, um, very much interested in family history. And my mama says for sure that my great-grandma whispered in my ear, you know, you're going to be the family historian. And so um, I grew up around walking through the graveyards. And now this is your uncle so-and-so. And this is your great-great-great-grandma. <laughs> and I said that to my kiddos. But um Anyway, yes, the, the, the stories are very important. And uh, 
I lost the question you forgot me because I got so excited about history. Oh, the software. So Ancestry came along and um, I became really big in Ancestry. And actually when I was a classroom teacher and some of the first software came out on CDs for um, family um, genealogy, I introduced it to my students as well at all the different grade levels from like about fourth grade to eighth grade um, and with the parents' help and permission and so forth. And we did small family trees because I'm such a believer in it that we added that to the curriculum. <laughs> and one of the great things about being in a private school, you can, you know, throw things in. I love that. Diane, have you ever thought about going back to teach or is that something that that chapter is closed? No, I'm I miss being in the classroom. When I'm in the classroom, it's like this energy comes through me and I, I just could I, I'm, I'm just home. I, I love hearing what young people have to say, where they're coming from. And so I really try to get into the schools and thank goodness, you know, the schools are back open. But if I was younger, I would probably open my own school. I always dreamed of having my own school and I would do it very differently than what we have today, for sure. So are you are you putting it out there that you might uh, start your own school? Or <laughs> oh no, but um, I do. I do still dream about it. There's um, some really great ways to um, that the school's not. We we had the little small schoolhouse, the one room schoolhouse. But um, up in Pennsylvania, some of the older schools early on, they had what was called hexagon schools. And I really fit into that frame of uh, teaching style so that you could, the students could go to all the different centers. You had the set goals, but they, they chose how they wanted to learn and achieve the same goal. And um, I really like that because it sets the kids up for success. And um, that kind of fits in with my philosophy. So, but I think I'm going to um, actually, it's interesting that you asked that because I think I'm going to start substituting for homeschools and so forth. Wow. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. That's exciting. Because yeah. I, I miss the kids. I really do. So when will we be starting this? I don't know. I'm just looking into it. Okay. Maybe <laughs> and, next year? And, and, and who knows? I mean, if I get invited to be in a lot of schools, I might just be in the schools naturally for teaching and helping with uh, creative writing, which would be a blast as well. Plus you get paid. <laughs> love that. Doing what you love and getting paid. What a concept. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, Diane, we're going to take a look at uh, the other clip that we have here, and then we'll chat about it. Diane Floyd Bames' Song of Peace tells the story of a young lad named Tommy, whose fervent wish for peace on earth touches the hearts of his friends and family, spreads to his community, and eventually unites the whole world around making his dream of peace a reality for everyone. Sit down with the children in your life and share Tommy's amazing story of love and hope. Sing your own song of peace and invite the children to join you. Tommy's tale is more than just a story. It's a movement and everyone's warmly welcome to take part.
You'll find A Song of Peace, along with many other wonderful learning and enriching opportunities for children of all ages, at DianeFloydBame.com. I love that story. The angels helped with that one, for sure. I, I think what's so beautiful about that story, A Song of Peace, is um, that in all generations, we always want peace. There's a lot going on right now, and uh, my heart is very saddened for um, places that are not um, in worn torn places, let's just say. And um, I think a song of peace is a way for us to really stop even for a moment and just say the word peace and just put it out there and, and really pray for it. And um, because I'm, I'm such a believer that if we can have peace in our heart and if the leaders could just come together and figure out ways to to be able to discuss instead of drop bombs that it would be such a beautiful world. And in the Song of Peace, Dr. Jacqueline, I went ahead and got it out. It was this book right here, and the artist did such a great job. And in it, um, so Tommy's a little boy, as you heard, who just wants peace on earth, and he's singing about it. And... Um, I try to encompass all the different languages in the world so that everyone is involved, that it's a world thing. It's a, it's up to all of us, excuse me because of my voice, it's up to all of us in the world to work on praying for peace on earth so that everyone can have an opportunity to go home and be with their family and just be grateful that, um, for a moment in time, we can have peace on earth. Thank you, Dr. Be Jacqueline. Beautiful messages and beautiful illustrations. Diane, would you like to read from your book for us? Um, from this one? Yes. Sure, I'd be happy to. I'll need to grab some glasses because, you know, Dr. Jacqueline, with age, somehow we have to wear glasses. <laughs> so anyway, don't I look intelligent? You look very intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let's see. <clears throat> okay. I think the angels have given up on the grown-ups and have gone back home to rest. Do you think you can wake them up all by yourself? Mrs. Seals asked. And the little boy replied, I don't know. Maybe people will help. You could help. Mrs. Seals smiled and started singing, and Tommy's mommy came over and she joined in too, singing peace. And pretty soon people from all over were singing peace and Tommy made the nightly news. When people heard this, people from around the world began to say and sing the word peace in their own language. And before you know it, the angels woke up and they thought, huh, Maybe for sure people really do want peace on earth. And pretty soon the animals in the forest and the meadows heard the singing and joined in the chorus. And the birds seemed to sing louder as they flew about their day too. So we have the animals and even the birds singing peace. Thank you, Dr. Oh, I love it. Beautiful, Diane. Thank you. You know, to your point, uh, I just discussed, well, discuss, I just shared this information on the Talking Head Show right before about arguments and arguments 
lead to war. They lead to all kinds of, of unpleasant things. And if you do any research on arguments, it's basically people not listening to each other and somebody's got to be right and somebody's got to be wrong. That's correct. And that's what I love about your listening mentors. And I hope one day you can do that with Congress, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I would love that. Because truly it is, I mean, we get our own mindsets and, and this is in all kinds of things, not just in politics. We have it set in our mind that this is what's going to happen. And then someone comes in, they have it set in their mind that this is the way it's going to be. And instead of looking for a happy medium, they butt heads. And in the end, but what has to happen, they come to a compromise. So why can't we just start with the compromise? Right, start with the compromise. <laughs> so. It's yeah, it's a, it's a great point. We feel set in our ways about something and then somebody kind of triggers us mm-hmm. and that flow of emotion starts to come up and we're no longer listening. Mm-hmm. Now we're acting or reacting and it's sort of a domino effect across the world. Yeah, it's very, very tragic. And, you know, even when it comes to like food and grain and so forth, each country feels they have a way it's supposed to happen. And that they should be in charge and just why don't you just let the person grow his grain in his own backyard? <laughs> well, Diane, it, I think it all comes down to a three letter word called ego. Oh. It's, all, it's all about ego. It's not about the heart. If we were making decisions based on heart, that would be very different in this world, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Very, very good point. And I also like the fact that you said um, that we react instead of listen so as soon as we react, we're not listening anymore. Yeah. What, you, you, so you're the master of this. I don't know how we can fix this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll put it out to the universe. Yeah, I, I do. You know, when in your classes that you have, what I really appreciate is the role playing, because for many of us, we're uh, visual learners. And I think that in this day and age, with so much media, younger kids are becoming more visual um, learners as well. And by having the role play, people are able to, you know, they have their auditory skills going, they have their visual skills going. And so I think it's very successful. Well, thank you. Um, Just a little off topic, but on this topic, uh, we had a course for a large group of people in their 20s of the power of listening. And it was interesting to have the whole group was primarily of a certain age. And I asked them to put into the chat on a scale of one to 10, how effective do they think they are as an as a listener? And then what would their circle of friends and family and their their ratings were all fairly low. They were all a five, four, five, and six. And as after the class, a couple of them put 11. Um, (laughs) And I think they said it was the role plays were really what was so helpful because we can't see it in our own behavior. I know myself, I get triggered by certain things that happen in this house that I think are dysfunctional. And I know that I'm going to get triggered, right? And I'm Mm -hmm. already starting to dread it because Mm -hmm. it's the same things happening every day. And long story short, I talked to someone about it and uh, they said, well, instead of getting triggered about it, 
when you're cooking dinner, for example, think about a time when you were really happy, something that you really enjoyed doing. And I thought, well, I don't know. And I did. And you know what? I, I was not triggered. So I was able to be fully present and listening instead wow. of thinking about how angry I was getting. Oh, it's irritating you. <laughs> yeah, irritating, <laughs> irritating. So I think just to close the loop on that, I feel like with the arguments and the disagreements across the world, when we start with ourselves and realize it's it happens in a second, you can feel your heart start to race and all of a sudden you're like, you just feel it coming on because someone feels differently than you or they're challenging mm -hmm. you or whatever mm -hmm. it is. So instead, we just take a deep breath and just relax and say, okay, this is actually not about me. Mm -hmm. This is about the other person. And it's hard mm -hmm. to do, but I am in an environment now where I don't have any arguments and I haven't probably for two years. <laughs> it's just, it's so nice. It's so lovely. So, so lovely. Nice. And um, I think whoever gave that advice gave good advice. Yeah. I think I shared with you before <clears throat> when technology was brand new and computers are being brought into schools and um, there was a few of us around the world who embraced these new computers and others were like, but I already teach the best. I don't need that thing in my classroom. And yet it was something that was going to be demanded by the administration. And I had embraced the computers. I saw the power of them. The Apple IIe was one of the first ones so with these little floppy disks. And then we moved into the Macintosh. And I just tell you, I just believed in it and started training teachers and so forth. And I remember walking down some of the hallways and you could already feel the chill as the teachers would glare at you. Like, don't you even think about coming to my classroom, you know? And I remember being very sad about it and knowing that I would have to do that. And um, a beautiful woman at church who was kind of a spiritual advisor for me, um, Louise, um, she just said, Diane, what you're going to need to do is just take a deep breath. You know, you need to walk down the hall. You know, you're going to have to do interaction and just smile at the teachers and let them feel. You're not going to change how they're going to feel. So let them feel. And you just keep saying in your mind, keep loving your heart, keep loving your heart, keep loving your heart. And eventually they'll turn around. And uh, sure enough, they did. So it was a growing experience for both of us. But it was allowing them to have those um, feelings of anxiety that was needed in order for them to get past it and embrace technology, which they all did and ended up uh, loving it in the long run. So a great share. Thank you for that, Diane. And I'm glad mm -hmm. you brought up technology because so many people, even on this platform, they're intimidated by technology and they start, you can just see the escalation <laughs> taking place. It's like, it's energy, right? There's energy everywhere. And so my point is that if we feel like that about a computer, Imagine how we're going to feel about some other major world issue. We have to keep it in check, really. Yes, we do. It's not going to always work, right? So it doesn't right. work. It's like this morning, I could not hear through my headphones. Nothing I did. I didn't change a single thing. And the show had to go on. So what did I do? Did I go and make a big deal? Did I say, the headphones aren't working? I know what's going no, I just unplugged the headphones and the voice came through the computer and that was it. And then in between shows, I shut down the computer and started again, check my settings and it was good. So my point is, it's all about how we show up and mm -hmm. how we 
deal with whatever's been presented. And if we want to continue to get highly emotional and judgmental, we end up in a world where we have war and we have discourse, inflation, recession, supply chain issues. Oh, can I just get the magic wand and wave happiness? <laughs> peace, peace. <laughs> Well, we have something else to talk about, which you just had an announcement earlier in the week. Let's hear about that for your, your latest project. Uh, sure. Um, you know, everyone, it takes a long time to get published. And so this is a dream that and, and a person once said to me, look, Diane, it takes a long time to get published. But once you do, you're going to find out that it's just going to be book after book after book. And I was like, OK. Like, oh gosh, if we could that ever come? But you know what? The person was correct. And so I'm very proud to say that now I have a book called A Time to Fly that was illustrated by Nancy Hoover, who's a famous artist here in Austin, Texas. And um, I'm super charged about this book. Um, the story is so beautiful. And it's a story that is written for all of us in a way, because there's moments in our life that... Do we really want to step through that door? I'm a little nervous. That's no different than the bird wanting to, I don't want to leave my nest. I'm really happy. But finds out when it does take off that there's a whole new world out there to discover. And that's what A Time to Fly is all about. And the illustrations are just, just incredible. So detailed, very realistic. Um, it was done in watercolor. Look. And this is based on something that happened in my own backyard. And um, so she was able to actually use pictures that I took of even of the bird who didn't want to fly. That's how I came up with the whole story is because it actually happened, Dr. Jacqueline. <laughs> <laughs> the illustrations are beautiful, Diane. And I have a question for you and for, for people who are looking to publish a book, whether it's a children's book or, or some other genre, how do you determine who you're going to work with for an illustrator? What's your, the size of the book is going to be? How many pages? Do you have some formula that you use for this? Excellent questions. Um, you know, a lot of people use the same exact artist because they want to be known for a certain style. For me, knowing how long it took for me to get published, I wanted this opportunity for illustrators to be published as well. So I'll look for different illustrators based on the story. And um, I will share with them bits of the story first, see if it inspires them. And if it does, then we go to the next step. And then they can... Um, um, just outline ideas of what they see in the character. So we'll have little discussions and then we might decide that, you know, we're not a good fit or we are a good fit. Sometimes I really want the story to be bright colors and brilliant and a very strong acrylics. And sometimes I just want soft watercolors. So uh, based on the um, illustrator and how they see it, then we can we can go from there. And generally, the rule of thumb is you really shouldn't tell an illustrator how to illustrate. They have better ideas than you. Uh, but um, I don't know. I like uh, I like working together. And uh, generally, I'll always give in to the illustrator. But I love the idea that we can 
can work together. That isn't the case um, when you, like I'm a hybrid publisher, so I get to have a lot more say in what happens. Um, other people who work strictly with the publishing company, once they turn that story in, they have no say over the illustrators. So I'm very picky about my illustrators. And I, I think I've ended up with some really great ones from Sri Lanka to Maine, all the way here to Texas. Well, it's definitely working for you, Diane. So thank you for those <laughs> tips. And then also, how do you decide the audience for the books? Oh, well, the stories come to me first. And um, once I've written the story, then I pretty much know who the audience is going to be based on um, the reading level. And also some of the things I do, mainly before uh, schools had closed down, um, but I hope to start back up, is I would generally always read a story to the kiddos and get their thoughts and ideas and what they liked and didn't like. And then I'd go home and work on it. And then I'd come back to that same class and go, how did I do? And the kids are like, I'm so excited that you like and value what I have to say. And kids are so brutally honest with you. Like, you know, I really didn't like that character. Can you get rid of it? <laughs> <laughs> can harry have two humps you know, so but um anyway um it's uh, it's fun so the kids um i generally will read to the kids with the age level that i've intended the story to be but i also like to uh, see that even if it's not a book that they can read to them but it's uh, a read along with the parents or a loved one that um, the kids can understand the concept. And then I'm able to say, okay, it's for four-year-olds and up with a reading level of second grade. So the teacher in me comes out, can you tell? Yes. No, I, I think that's really important. And when you think about it, if the, the kiddo is not able to read and someone's reading the book to them, do you take into consideration that the reader is older? And, and so how do you decide which vocabulary you're going to use? Are you using vocabulary for a four-year-old or for the person who's reading? For the, for the person that it's written for, for the child. For the child. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So definitely for the child. Because otherwise you would, you would lose them if they were always like, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that right. mean? That would be good. And what you want is a, a, a kind of a rhythm in the, fl in the flow. And the kids will start memorizing the words. And uh, that's quite lovely. And even in this book, A Time to Fly, um, this one here, um, or with any of my books, the kids, when they're younger, um, I just tell the parents, well, I'll make the suggestion, let the kid make up the story. Now that they've heard the story, let them look at the picture and let them tell the story because you can help develop their verbal uh, language and also their sense of a retention of what the whole story is about. That's very important. Really important. I'm wondering, Diane, in addition to everything that you already do, do you also do any book coaching? Can people hire you as a book coach because you have such incredible knowledge? Oh, you're so sweet. No, I don't do book coaching, but I have a book coach. <laughs> <laughs> so there, you know yourself and what you, your, where your boundaries are. So Absolutely. you can just 
in fact, you introduced me to my book coach, Red O'Laughlin. That's right. He's amazing, isn't he? Yes, he really yeah. is. Yeah. We'll be seeing him a little bit uh, later this afternoon for two shows. So, yeah. so Diane, of course, that's not all. There's another project. <laughs> Are you allowed to talk about this one? Um, let me see. The one I told you about yesterday? No, the oh. other one. The other one? Yeah. Okay, you have to give me a hint. I have so many. Car. Car. I'm totally thrown off. The password is. The password is. Wheel. 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 Oh. Car, wheel. I had to have no idea what you're talking about. Tire. Tire. I am just totally blown away. It's a project that you have? With you? No, not with me. Not that one? Listen, everyone who's listening, <laughs> I hope you're laughing because I have a lot of projects going on. <laughs> and the one that I, I am so relieved that's taken um, a lot of energy has been all this historical um, uh, studying for the follow-up to rise a girl's struggle for more. So I'm, I'm still on a high that I got to send off the first, uh, uh, draft of, uh, 20 chapters. So I, uh, I'm, my brain is still there, Dr. Jacqueline. <laughs> That's okay. I just don't know if you've announced it. So I don't want to say it with the case with your publisher, you're not allowed to announce it. So I'll tell you later, but okay. Yeah. yeah, you can tell yeah. me that. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> okay. No, it'll be. <laughs> no, we, we can we can announce it. Okay. Because we, we've done the we've done the uh, cover reveal, but Oct it'll be an October release, and it's called Charlie and the Tire Swing. <laughs> <laughs> car will the tire swing. Yeah, and I, I'm super excited about that one too. And you'll be hearing a lot more about that and. I'm sure I'm going to have to do a new commercial for these two new stories. <laughs> that is so funny because I, I totally think of Charlie and uh, his imagination. And so, guys, that's the uh, a little tidbit is that a little boy named Charlie and he's on the tire swing and has a brilliant imagination. That's all I can tell you for right now. That's that's good. So, I like it. But I can read you a little bit from this. Oh, yes, please do. And then I want to talk about your books before we run out of time. Oh, fabulous. So, um, boys and girls, so there is a little bird who doesn't want to fly. He's very scared. He's, he's so content in his own nest. So why on earth would he leave? So his mama decides that... She'll t tell him a little bit of a story, and with each little bit of tidbit, they'll flap, he'll flap his wings so he can learn to fly. So the little bird didn't even realize he had a brother and sister because they had already taken off. So here we go. You mean there's more of us? The little bird exclaimed. Sure there are, and we can all not fit in the nest. Why, look at you. You take up the whole nest now, the mommy bird tweeted. Oh, I do. I did not realize it, the little bird tweeted. Okay, little one, I want you to flap your wings two times. So the little bird started to flap, but he lost his balance and he fell into the nest. It's okay, tweeted the mommy bird. 
Now come back out. And the little bird peeked out to see what he could see. And then he ducked back in his nest. Here I am, mommy, he chirped. And here's the little bird. He went to flap. Thank you, Dr. Jacqueline. Thank you, Diane. Yay. I love that. I need to do the audio to my books. I just love reading them. You have to do the audio. I know that it's not that easy, right? It takes a lot of time. You have to be in a soundproof room or something. Right. There's a trick to it. And I have the trick down. So now I just need to do it. Get rid of the scratchy voice. See, you could be coaching people on the trick. <laughs> I'd like to know about it. That's for sure. <laughs> it's something everybody knows. <laughs> so. I don't know it. Okay. So you just go into your own uh, closet um, because it's automatically soundproof. Set it up so you'll be able to read. And um, you download on your um, iPhone or whichever phone you have. I just happen to have an iPhone. They didn't pay us to say that, did they? And um, there is a certain audio that you have and you can go from right there and record it and you have it all set to send in to the audio people who put it into the audio books. There it One, is. One, two, three. There it is. Get in your closet. Get in your closet. <laughs> I'd make a joke, but I won't. <laughs> no jokes. Okay. So how about you? Yes. Uh, so I've written two books and I have a third one coming, a series of seven that I'm doing with, uh, I almost said Diane. Oh my gosh. I'm doing with Mariska Dupree. She's in New Zealand. But my first book is this one. You can't really see it because it's green and green and black, but it's called Behind the Green Screen, How to Succeed in the Live Broadcasting Business. And this book is really about my career, my health, and why I left the corporate world in 2020. I, I've made six figures every year, except since I left. And I traveled the world and was in five-star resorts, uh, had amazing clients, but I gave it all up. And long story short, I had a radio show that I was doing, and it was called Rapping with Dr. Jacqueline. And as a result of that, we are where we are today because of something that didn't happen. So I'm just going to read a little. This chapter is uh, called Slight of Hand. The call came on Sunday afternoon. It was Roy. Great news. They loved you. They can't wait to start filming. It looks like your pilot is going to be picked up by the Learning Channel or the Discovery Network. I could hardly contain myself. My excitement was real. This was happening. They were going to film 12 episodes. Fantastic, I said. What was the show going to be about? Roy said several ideas were being discussed, but the most popular one had the same interviewer from the pilot series interviewing me as we followed three coaching clients' cases. It seemed interesting, but who were these coaching clients? Roy said I would have to ask my clients if they would share their stories on camera. Immediately, I thought of one of my clients. Knowing what he was working on, I could not think of anyone who would want to televise, not this person or any of my clients. This wasn't Oprah, after all. Not yet, smiley face. I shared this with Roy, who said this was a minor detail. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Dear friend, and that's how I, I call the reader, dear friend. 
This is what I call a red flag, a sleight of hand. Now you see it, now you don't. They are filming a pilot series without a topic? Major networks want to pick up the show and they haven't determined what it's about? Right then I knew. It was my intuition trying to get my attention and get the stars out of my eyes. Roy was good. He had learned from the best. Great buildup. This is going to happen, and that is going to happen, and I need to be in regular contact with you. We're going to put your face on the billboard in Times Square. When I wondered, what was the next step? Roy would take care of everything. The pilot was finally filmed on July 18th. By July 27th, Roy disappeared from contact for a week. Then he popped back up, working on it. Lots going on behind the scenes. They love you. Who were they and what were they working on? Roy went dark and did not return my phone calls, texts, or calls to the office. By September 7th, I knew something was wrong. Would they go to the trouble to bring me to New York and film for the $5,000 I paid? And on a Saturday during COVID? That didn't make any sense. Dear friend, the lesson here is when something seems too good, it probably is. However, that doesn't mean you give up. It would be best if you had facts. When a client was giving buying signals and then goes dark in my corporate career, there is a reason. Is the client too busy to get back to you with an update? Was Roy too busy to contact me with an update? In both cases, in my experience, the answer is no. Something changed. Priorities, funding, budgets, personal alliances, we may never know. I still don't know. What I do know is I wanted my money back. I wanted my power back. Standing between me and all of that was Roy. And then I go on to talk about what I did to get my money back. And there it is, behind the green screen. Wow. And it's really true, those red flags. And I know sometimes I didn't listen and I should have. <laughs> you know what? Should have, could have. We know. know in our body. Mm -hmm. We know if something doesn't feel right, yeah. but we don't listen yeah. <laughs> because we see like in that case, I saw the stars. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be on the discovery channel. <laughs> I was like, yes. Mm. Why would the discovery channel want me with no right. topic? Right. I can think of several instances in my life that this has happened to me. <laughs> Ding. When am I going to learn? <laughs> but yet if we didn't go down that path, we wouldn't be where we are. This is true, but this was a great book that you wrote, and I think it's very helpful to a lot of people. Well, thank you. So. I appreciate it. And the other one, which we don't have time for today, but another time is um, Adversity to Awesome. And this book has 12 chapters, and each chapter is uh, a different person's story. And the person actually wrote their story, and then with the help of Red O'Loughlin, we actually were able to take it from first person to third person and make it all, all the chapters flow together. So there you have it. Yeah, it's very powerful. I don't know how you do you, would you just sleep 30 minutes a day? I mean, I just like, I'm I need your energy sleeper. pill. No, my, my, uh, my Apple watch keeps track of my sleep. So I set a, a reminder for when I need to go to sleep and then it tracks my sleep. And then I wake up every day at seven twenty. Wow. That's very good. Very good. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't have. And plus on, on top of all that, do you exercise? Yes, I exercise. Yeah. Uh, I was exercising seven days a week, but now it's five days. And, and on those five days, I'll probably walk seven or eight miles. 
and go to the gym. So I managed to get it all in. That's mind boggling. Plus you run a whole network can connect with all your constituents and you write books, write books. And we have a, a new, a new song coming out. I'll just play you. Oh, yeah, um, right. I'm just going to play you the music. There are no words, but here's the melody. Can you hear it? Mm -hmm. So it goes like that for a little while, and then there's a bridge and a chorus. And it's very exciting. It's <laughs> very exciting. And Madeline is amazing. She is. Madeline Chan is a super, super human being. I don't even think she's human sometimes. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, uh, now that um, we mentioned Madeline, for all of our viewers, in addition to being able to do commercial sponsorships. We also have jingles available. So if you want to have us sing happy birthday, congratulations, nice promotion, whatever, we'll work with you. Madeline will sing it or someone on the team will sing it. And then we also have the ability to do full-blown video, audio, customized songs. So if you, let's say you're getting married and you want to have a song written for your beloved and play it on the radio or play it at the event, we'll do a custom song, the singing, or you can sing it yourself. And then also the video that goes with it. So I'm excited about that. You can learn more on usaglobaltv.com. Wow. That's mind boggling. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Madeline has a whole team of people in a company and a studio and session musicians. And it's, uh, they're actually the ones who are producing my song. What was I thinking back then? I was wondering how you did that. I think I might have to get with her. I think you might. Yes. <laughs> um, also real quick before you go, yes. um, you and Madeline are also doing a listening course. Yes. Thank you. We have um, actually now, Diane, I think we have seven courses and wow. I think part of the challenge in getting the level of engagement that we would both like to get is because the courses are very esoteric. And what do I mean by that? The, the first course, the power of listening certification course, that's pretty easy to understand, right? It's you want to hear it is it's you want to learn how to listen at an elevated level. Okay, so we you watch role plays, you, you were doing this, now you're not gonna do that and you're doing this. The other courses are a little more, you've gotta go in. You've gotta go inside, into your heart, into your, into your, your behavior. And mm -hmm. uh, this is one of the new courses, which Diane, um, this is the 4.2. You took 4.1 and this is part of it. So this is, um, this is for you right now. Heart oh, gratification. No, you already signed up for 4.1. Oh. So you already have this. Um, so this is heart gratification, male and female energies. And mm -hmm. this is, I can't explain it like Madeline would, but it's really a way in, in the first part four, let me see if I have that, which is called the transition where we face the shadows of ourself. This is where we realize that we are constantly following trends 
What are the Joneses doing? You know, what are they doing on television? What are the, the movie stars doing? What, and we start changing our behavior so that we start following those trends. And in doing so, we're typically following from a place of ego as a place from your heart. So during this next course, the one I just shared, this one, this is where we now understand about the trends. We have put our ego aside and now we are showing up with our heart and we do male and female energy role plays in which i i act as a feminine energy at a high vibration feminine energy at a low vibration masculine energy at a high vibration masculine energy at the low vibration and that's what we ask our students to do as well so that's that that's powerful because I think for us to recognize those different energy levels in us is very important Not because then we can understand ourselves better, which then enables us to let go of the ego, I think, yes. if I'm understanding correctly, and um, be able to be a better listener and work together. That's exactly what it's about. It's about listening and working together. And let's say I'm in a low vibration, low energy mode, and you're in a high vibration, and, and you and I are trying to work together, and I'm just like, oh, and you're, ah. you know, <laughs> we have to realize the, the place that the other one's coming from, and how do we mm -hmm. balance? How, yeah, how do we balance it out? So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's exciting. So, how can people sign up? Thanks for asking. Actually, all the courses, let me see if I can find it now, all of the Power of Listening courses, and then we have other courses as well that are not mine, are over on, did I get it? Oh, yeah. That's so. Caroline. Mm -hmm. oh, hold on. <laughs> here it is. Okay. So all the courses are here at drjacqueline.thinkific.com. And you can use for the first course, The Power of Listening, you can use the coupon code LISTEN for big savings. And then Caroline Heward also has a course there, Chakra Psychology. And then I can't bring up all of these right now, but yeah. you can just go over to drjacqueline.thinkific.com slash courses. Sounds really good. Maybe you could send a coupon to the Congress. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I know where I know where to find them. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. No, it's okay. It's okay. So we have to sign off because the film and music show is coming up. Diane, I'm spotlighting you right now. How can people purchase your books and how can they engage you to come to their schools? Sure. Um, everyone, thank you so much for listening. You can find me at D-I-A-N-N. F-L-O-Y-D-B-O-E-H-M.com, DianeFloydBame.com. You can also uh, go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstores. You can just Google my name. Lots of things come up. On my website, you can find out um, who my publicist is, uh, Mickey, and just click on his email there, and you can arrange to have me come to your school. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you, Diane. Yeah. All right, Diane and I are heading on out. I'm going over to the other studio. Diane, I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Have a great day and congratulations on all your success. Thank you. And you too, Dr. Jacqueline. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone.